All right, we're gonna try this again. Oh my gosh, you guys, three times this morning. This is why I don't go live, okay? Because of these complications and just how insane um, technology is sometimes. And it was really echoey before and really annoying, so I appreciate you guys um, as we try to pop on and back off. That was just gonna annoy the crap out of me otherwise. But it is episode 18, and you are listening to A Daily Dose of Hope with Chrome and Steel Radio. If you have not, if you have not, yet liked Chrome and Steel's Facebook page or gone over and subscribed to our YouTube page, please do so because we do all this for you guys. And so I'm here this morning, it's 9 a.m., actually it's about 9.17, that's how many technical difficulties we had this morning. Um, but we're coming to you live and I'm super excited because we are talking about something that's near and dear to my heart and it is addiction and recovery. And I have my very special friend, my very special guest, he's not special in, in that regards, but he's a special friend to me, Dennis Hawk. And he and I met over a yoga mishap, um, or rather a flop, and we found that we had a lot more in common than we thought. So I'm super excited to have him on, and as soon as he pops on, I will have him join. But for those of you that don't know me, my name is Hope Savara, and I have spent about 20 years in the yoga world, in fitness world, learning all about the body, all about anatomy, all about the mind, because I kind of became obsessed with yoga because it saved my life. And I found yoga knee deep in an eating disorder, addiction, depression, drugs, alcohol, you name it. Um, anything I could get my hands on, my goal, my goal was to not feel. And if you can relate to that, drop me some hearts, drop me some likes, because feeling equaled pain, equaled discomfort, equaled rejection. And I just didn't want to deal with that. I didn't want to do that. And yoga came into my life and showed me that I had to feel and that life could be enjoyable and could be good and even the challenging things we could lessen the blow and I found yoga and it was amazing and I'm so grateful for it and several years into recovery and into yoga I met Dennis and he and I bonded over yoga and over addiction and recovery and the benefits of yoga for addiction and recovery because both of us are kind of crazy and yoga helps tame the crazy, <laughs> so to speak. So as soon as Dennis pops on and joins in, um, we will get started here. Here's Joseph again. Joseph, you are like my number one fan this morning, okay? Can I just give a big shout out to you because you were unbelievable through the technical difficulties this morning and I was really echoey before and it was really bugging me. I am just so excited that you are back on this morning. So kudos to you. If I could throw some likes your way, I would totally do that right now. And in bloody hot Georgia so anyone that is willing to drive to Georgia in the end of July deserves a gold star so here is your gold star but I'm super excited to be on this morning um, <laughs> um, I'm super excited to be on this morning as we wait for Dennis and um, just be able to kind of work through this uh, let's see here but um, we're talking about addiction and recovery today and as we talk about addiction and recovery, I'm super excited because this is really how I got my start in yoga. This is my why for yoga. And for those of you that are like, oh gosh, she's the yoga trucker girl. You're right, I am the yoga trucker girl. But yoga is so much more than just my back is stiff, my knees hurt, um, I wanna lose weight or whatever it is. For me, yoga is my sounding board. Yoga is my place that I go when I have a lot of anxiety, when I'm stressed, when I just don't have the mental clarity, when I want to um, bite everybody's head off because they're all annoying me. Uh, yoga is my sounding ground. 
and I find myself, are you going to Gats? I am going to Gats, and actually, let's see, if I have it written down somewhere, I'll tell you my booth number. It's 2412, and Joseph, are you going to Gats? Are you gonna be at Gats? I hope you are, because you gotta come and say hi to us. And I'm super excited because this year at Gats, if you guys did not hear the Jack and Dave show yesterday, I was on the Jack and Dave show, we are doing a lot, well, we as an I. <laughs> <laughs> but my team is coming too, which is great. And um, we're gonna be on the health stage. I think I'm on the health stage two, four, five or six or seven times, I don't know, but I'm on the health stage a lot, every day. And you guys can come and listen and learn about how to stay healthy and fit and active on the road, which I'm super pumped about. And, oh, awesome, Stephanie, I'm excited to be meeting you too. I'm super stoked, so stop by our booth first and stop by the health stage because I'm gonna be over on the health stage quite a bit. Um, we have some amazing sponsors that allowed us to be on the health stage and we are giving away, giving away tons of goodies, tons of goodies, not like crap stuff that you just like throw in your garbage when you get home, but gift cards and stuff that you could use on your truck and just awesome little, call it a doodad or whatever you wanna call it, but we have been soliciting, or I have been soliciting, um, because I really wanna reward the truckers that are taking time out of their day while they're at GATS to improve their health and well-being. Not just for physically being at GATS, but for physically taking the time out to learn more about health and wellness. And so if you visit us over at the health stage, I will make sure that Chrome and Steel Radio posts when I will be on and what topics. I picked these topics specifically for all of you guys and gals. I really hope that you can join in. Awesome. So we're talking about addiction and recovery. We'll see if Dennis can actually figure out how to join. Dennis, you gotta actually be viewing here in order for me to add you on. So if you're listening, click the watch button so that I can invite you. We figured it out before so we can figure it out again. All right, um, but I'm super excited to be on. And for those of you that have struggled with addiction and recovery, you know, drop it in the comment section. Let me know because I think for a lot of people, they struggle with addiction, but it's uncomfortable to admit that they have. And that's where I was. There was a lot of shame around addiction. I came from a family of addicts, and there was a lot of shame around admitting that I had an addiction. And so it became this like secret. And I kind of felt like my family tiptoed around it for a really long time. And um, I became a really good high functioning addict where I was fairly successful in my life and I had a good group of friends and I was out there doing whatever it is that I was doing but I was still struggling miserably behind the scenes and I think for a lot of people that's the case whether it's addiction whether it's depression whether it's whether it's anxiety whatever it is why is it that there is still a stigma around addiction or depression or anxiety for that matter and we're getting better that we feel like we have to struggle in secret that we feel like we have to struggle in quiet and I gotta say, yoga has helped me blow the lid off of that mentality. And if I wouldn't have chosen yoga, I don't know if I would be here today. Truth, truth. So if you're struggling with any type of addiction, the reason why yoga works so well, and, and maybe let's start here. Have you ever tried yoga before? any frame, any way, shape, or form, any capacity, have you ever tried yoga before? And if you have, drop a yay or a yes or, or a, a little yoga person in the comment section. If you haven't, drop a no, drop a I haven't done it yet. Um, or maybe hopefully you're interested to try. And I wanna know because, I wanna know because this is really important 
because I think for a lot of us, we're all addicted to something. We're all addicted to something, whether it's candy, whether it's soda, whether it's sex, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's staying up late, whether it's shopping, spending money, um, whatever it is, uh, we're all addicted to something. And as someone that has been in recovery now for, hmm, 15 years maybe, those first couple were a struggle. <laughs> I don't know if you want to count them or not, but but we'll count them for good sake here. Um, it's hard. It's really hard. And you trade one for the next. And uh, my addiction of choice was food. And so I'd go from anorexia to bulimia and then add drugs and alcohol into the mix. Uh, it made for a really fun time. <laughs> Um, so uh, awesome Scott thanks for joining in you have not tried yoga yet well I'm excited you are in the right place so we are talking about yoga for addiction and recovery but it's not just about yoga for addiction and recovery it's really about yoga just to help us be able to be better human beings I'm gonna turn this see this is where you gotta love live guys here and we're gonna tilt this down because those comments bug the crap out of me because it's like I can't see you then so we're gonna see if we can figure this out all right, let's see. And I don't know where Dennis went here. Let's see if we can bring him up. Let's see where he is. All right, we'll see where he is with that. Awesome. So I found yoga at a time in my life where I was really struggling and I did not think that I was going to be able to, literally we're improving you guys as we go. It's those comments, you guys keep talking to me, which I love it. There we go. Now you can see me again and not see the comments all over my face like I have a tattoo across my face. <laughs> but um, I found yoga at a time in my life where I just really needed it. And here's the thing. I tried a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Minus, minus prescription drugs. I just didn't, I didn't want to do the whole um, Xanax or whatever else it is that you take. Um, for whatever reason, that just wasn't something that I wanted to go down that road and uh, yoga just seemed like a good option for me. I don't know, something just tripped, and when I found yoga when I was in my late teens, it kind of came at a good time because I felt like, what else did I have to lose? And maybe you've been there before. Maybe you've been there where it's like, what else do I have to lose? And I have worked with thousands of people, many of them truck drivers, even before Mother Trucker Yoga, because um, I've owned a yoga studio for about 13 years in my town, and it's a trucking town. Um, we have a lot of industrial park. We have a lot of um, trucking companies in our area. And this idea of yoga is really just a time for you to shut off. A time for you to shut off, be quiet, pay attention, and move a little bit and feel in your body a little bit. And as someone that is an addict, that is hella scary because you use your addiction to do none of that. <laughs> that is your sole goal when you wake up in the morning is to not feel the shit that's going on in your life. And there I go again. Dave and I were just talking about on the show yesterday about how not to swear. And I argue whether or not the S-H-I-T word is really a swear word or not. But for Facebook Live's sake, we'll just go with it. All right. Dennis is not coming on today, so we're just gonna talk about um, addiction and recovery. You and me, solo. 
But for many people, they are working on trying to better themselves. You guys are working on trying to improve your lives. At least I hope that you are in some way, shape, or form. And maybe you haven't thought about yoga. Maybe you haven't thought about the possibility of another tool being out there and available to you. And it's yoga. And I just want to debunk yoga right now because I think for a lot of people, they're still thinking meditating for 20 minutes, two hours every day, leg behind their head, all these complicated poses because that's what social media does such a good job of still. And really, in all honesty, like I was saying, yoga is that opportunity to close it down, get quiet, get still, so that you can really start to reflect on the, the stuff, stuff that's going on in your life right now. And that's really where my life changed for me when I was going through recovery was it was taking inventory of what was really going on. And yoga has been such a great mirror, such a great sounding board for me because it helps me call myself out on my crap. And I think we all need that in our lives where how much BS are you feeding yourself? How many things are you telling yourself just to continue to do what you're doing? And that was me. It was like, how many lies can I tell myself so that I can continue to stay in my addiction, to stay in my box, to stay safe and comfortable? And if you're, uh, let's see, I'm on. All right, we're gonna figure this out. <laughs> oh, yoga has allowed me the ability to be very flexible with life and not stress out about some stuff, so much stuff, so much. I've been, I was very high, high stress um, in my my past life. But if you're not sure and you haven't tried yoga before, um, ask yourself these questions. Ask yourself these questions if you have never tried yoga before. Do I get irritated and agitated easily? Do I find myself using physical means to subdue or to get away from stress or to get away from frustration, anger, guilt, sadness, whatever it is. Do I find myself lethargic? Do I find myself fatigued? Do I find myself easily irritable? Do I find myself not able to think clearly or sound soundly, I don't know if that's a word, but we're gonna go with it, about what's in front of me right now? and. I have had a bad, bad addiction. I, I hear you, Joseph. It is a struggle. It is a struggle. And there's so much shame around wanting to get out of your addiction, especially once you know you're an addict and that it's like, shit, I don't want to live this way anymore, but then I have to admit to other people that I have a problem. Like that was where I struggled for many years was I didn't want to live this way. I tried to do it by myself many, 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 many days, many years. And I finally got to the point where I was like, if I'm gonna continue down this path, I am going to die. I am going to die. And then I, I was in my early 20s and I was like, I did, don't want to have a family like this. I don't want to be married like this. Yes, Dennis is on. We are in business. Let's add him. Oh my gosh, you guys gotta all give Dennis like a bazillion thumbs because, because you are back. I have no idea what happened, you know. I, 
I'm really pretty good at this stuff. So this was an amazing little journey here. Okay, I am. So where are you? What have you been talking about? Um, we are we talking, are about, talking addiction about addiction and recovery. And, recovery. and, and my start my with yoga, yoga and, and um, struggle with addiction and how complicated it is. It is. Um, it's, uh, there's no simple solution, that's for sure. Um, so, Dennis, tell us about yourself. yourself. I don't know why it's I don't know echo. why it's so echo. 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 Well, we just did a, a series of videos down in Milwaukee uh, yesterday uh, near the lake with uh, Jason Gonzalez on this very issue. And we started at the point where uh, uh, where we both had uh, reached that point in our addiction of, as one person said, uh, total incomprehensible demoralization. I love that phrase. I mean, it's just like, yeah, well, that's where you get, you know, like it's at the bottom of the barrel. You don't know, you don't, there's no place else but up. You know, possibilities, uh, you know, the, so there's a turning point. And uh, when you finally say, I just need help, I think it's, it's getting to that point. For me, it was getting to that point where I would actually ask for help uh, because I knew that whatever was going on, uh, with my drug and alcohol addiction, I couldn't handle it. And so I needed to, I needed to figure out a better way to live. And um, my mother had gotten into recovery. And so, uh, and she actually started a clinic in Northeast Kansas. So she was on my, my call list. And uh, I, I, call, I called her up and she said, well, do whatever you need to do. <laughs> she gave me no help whatsoever. <laughs> and so finally I, I crawled into a 12-step meeting and um, and I was I was right I was the last one to speak and I hadn't decided yet whether I was an addict. And uh, but as I listened around the room and they were all talking uh, uh, not about addiction but about their lives. I knew I was in the right place and that I needed help and these people could help me. And uh, that's where it started. Uh, now there were, there were a lot of, lot of things that uh, happened after that, including three treatments and a bunch of other stuff that I needed to go through and I'm still working on it. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not done with me and it's taken a lot of different forms. Um, it's been yoga. It's been uh, twelve-step meetings sometimes, and, and it still is right now. Uh, it's been finding a trusted uh, what what Ashok Beatty, uh, author and psychiatrist and psychologist, says: uh, twinship, finding somebody that you can trust and who you can tell everything to, no matter what, and they're going to love you, and they're going to accept you and they're not going to judge you. And this time around, I found that. Per I had that person for 19 years, and he had a stroke. And I just talked to him yesterday, as a matter of fact, stopped by the assisted living uh, place and saw him. And, and uh, 
And on the way out, it's, it's funny because uh, he's two spirited. He's he's gay, you know, and he said, he, I, and I I reached down, you know, to his wheelchair, you know, and I gave him a hug and I said, I love you, and he said, I love you back, even though you're straight. <laughs> so, and uh, but he supported me for 19 years uh, in my recovery, and um, and then I finally found, I searched around, and I found somebody that. Uh, has replaced him who loves me just as much and supports me even through all my screw-ups and I have many so uh, you know and he's gonna say I know he's got my back you know no matter what and so having that kind of close friend and uh, and I still go to I, or I'm back after a 13 year uh, absence from 12-step meetings I found my way back in the door and um, and uh, uh, and I, I that feels good too. But uh, but my yoga has always been part of it as well. Ever since I started, and you've known me for 15 years, that's been an integral part of of what I do. My yoga, my meditation, uh, and and that's what brought me to work with Fourth Dimension Treatment in Milwaukee because they're incorporating yoga, kirtan, the music of yoga, and um, and meditation into their regime in their four sober living houses and their treatment center. So that's, that's pretty cool. So anyway, that's probably a longer answer than you anticipated, but no, that's, great. Else, that's great. That's me. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, we're going to deal with it. I'm going to ask you a question and then I'm going to go, and then I'm going to go get a different device. Okay. I want you to talk about caregivers. Okay. All right. I'll be back in a minute. All right. You come back when you want to. Uh, I always think that that um, trying to explain kirtan is is very 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 difficult. Um, it's a form of music uh, in which the uh, audience becomes part of the band, and so when we're doing kirtan is call response so there's a phrase that's called out by the leader and then everybody responds back it creates a circle of sound a circle of music and uh, i'm going to give you an example from something we just uh that just wrote recently and uh and it's um it has no words so it's easy to call response it's just um
kind of the way this works it's uh i call it out the people respond back and that's what we do that was one without words i always think uh uh it uh, or my my singing partner victoria says uh that song is is kind of pre-verbal you know it, it doesn't it's what babies say they say ooh and ah you know and uh, so i thought it was just a good one to include we'll record that one as well at some point down the line. I think it's in process right now, actually. So that's that's Kirtan, that's what I do. And you can't believe what that is like with 50 or 60 recovering people in the room, uh, you know? And, it, you know, it, being spiritual, and this is part of our conversation yesterday down by the lake in Milwaukee was, uh, uh, you know, can can we drop f bombs and still be spiritual? <laughs> and Jason yes. and I, yes. and Jason and I said, "Fuck yes." <laughs> you know, because you know, recovery is really about is really walking down a spiritual path, and we all have it, whether it's addiction. Or something else it doesn't matter we're all going to be given this gift of shit uh, because it's there as a gift uh, what Ram Das called uh, fierce grace you know it, it you know that the God's grace often doesn't come in oh nice goodness beauty blah 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 sometimes it comes in the tough stuff of life and uh, as a matter of fact usually it does and it's it's in the working of those things that we that we become more spiritual and uh, and it helps us on our journey to battle whatever we have whether it's biological psychological uh whether it's addiction doesn't matter um you know our mission sta statement says we work with people on the grow now so everybody's on the grow whether they know it or not but but you know some are more conscious than others that's all they, you know they, they've woken up maybe I, i'm not sure i have yet but i'm working on it uh, you, uh, you woke it up pretty good. <laughs> you think? I don't know. <laughs> some days I feel it. Some days I don't. <laughs> I hear you. I hear I'm glad that I'm glad that I get to be the guinea pig on this one. You know, because once it's really, yeah, yeah, no, maybe it's just me. So I'm going to make Dennis so the most of the talking because I'm, oh, right. I'm acclimating. 
Okay. But am I echoing? Am I echoing? I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. I will. Hi, Tracy Hovday. <laughs> She's a friend way up in Menominee, Wisconsin, up that way, Clayton. Um, and uh, she just joined us. So, hi, Tracy. Um, we're talking about addiction. Uh, oh, somebody said it's only when he's on. I don't know. I'm not doing that. You've got gremlins and machines today. The guy isn't echoed, just you. Thanks, Taylor. <laughs> well, she's going away, so I'm going to talk. Um, and we're, the, the, the subject is, is uh, addictions. And we listen, I think addictions is just because we don't uh, label it all the time. We often think of just drugs and alcohol as addiction, but compulsivity is a way that we deal with our feelings. It's the way I dealt with my feelings. I still can get into it big time. And just because the alcohol and drugs are gone doesn't mean that the behavior is gone. Uh, and, uh, and, and what, so, you know, when we, when I think of compulsive ways that, that I uh, cover up my feelings and don't deal with life well. Uh, gosh, I can get into work. Uh, uh, Taylor says, use earbuds. So, I don't think Hope can hear me, but... Um, <laughs> All right, is that better? Is that better? I, I, is it really? Yes. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. That is weird, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, we're going to do this. We're going to have you talk about it. I'm going to you out. And we're going to back into the Okay. Well, I'll finish this piece up that I was just talking about, which is the... Uh, you know that that you know to we always think of addiction as as we label it um, you know as drugs and alcohol and in th that's such a small narrow band of truth uh, because compulsive behaviors of any sort uh, are ways to block feelings, not allowing us to grieve, feel sad feel angry when we need to set boundaries, whatever those feelings are, uh, we'll get, bu we'll get busy is a big one for me. Just get busy uh, doing stuff, you know, uh, distracting from what's going on on the inside of me. Uh, if I get busy on the outside, uh, music can be a distraction for me in that way. Um, you know, house cleaning. Uh, oh, I got a, I got a new, uh, 
uh, Asian broom. I'm going to do a podcast on the Asian broom. This is the most fantastic uh, piece. Taylor says that maybe I need to be on earbuds. Maybe. Maybe. Can you hang on a minute? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to figure this out. So hang on. I'm not giving it a talk. Well, wait. Um, let's see. Now let's see what happens. Can you hear me, Hope? Mm-hmm. Can you I hear, can hear me you. okay? I can hear you. Okay. Are you can echoing you yet? I'm not echoing. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Did we figure it out? It we figured you. it out. It no, Tay. the whole time. <laughs> it was Taylor. The rescue Taylor, you need to raise. Hey, Taylor, it wasn't me. I'm not special. I'm figuring it out. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. Now we that know. Was... Now we know. That was horrible. <laughs> Tolerance window 
for people that um, like to bullshit about the truth in their life and like to lie about what's really going on and have excuses, excuses. And then yoga has kind of been my mirror for me where it's like, oh, you have to stop with all of this, get quiet, see what's actually going on in your life. And then you have to decide. That's the thing with recovery. You are the only one that can decide whether or not you want a change. And I know for a lot of you truck drivers out there, quitting smoking, it's an addiction. For a lot of you, I'm from a family of smokers. I'm not a smoker, but I understand addiction. It's a hard habit to break. It is hard, but you got to ask yourself, would you rather live a life of all of the stuff that comes with that? I finally got to a place where I was like, shit, I don't want to have a family with an eating disorder and drinking and drugs. I don't want to get married and have all these secrets behind closed doors. I can't live that way. And I knew deep down I had a passion to help people, but I couldn't help people if I wasn't even helping myself. And I don't want to give something to add to that. Well, I just, I I think uh, all of us have, a mission in life uh, and all of us have tremendous creativity uh, that gets boxed up inside of us and I think sometimes that creative spirit gets squashed uh, with our addictive disorders and uh, so the pathology really covers up the our mythology our, our story that wants to unfold in a beautiful way and and uh, the addictions sort of take that away. It sweeps it away, and it um, sweeps our lives away. Uh, and I li- I'm glad you brought up nicotine because that's that's that was one of the toughest ones that I ever. Man, uh, I have a lot of a whole string of addictions, but that one was the most difficult. And I think it has to do with life and breath. You know, and I, I always tell, I used to, I was a therapist for a while, uh, 20 years, and I used to tell my clients that were nicotine addicted, I said, well, uh, because part of my heritage is Native American, and we use, we use pipe uh, and tobacco as prayer. And, uh, and so I'd say, well, every time you take a puff, when you do, make it conscious and make it a prayer. It's amazing how that changes things. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because I think that that's part of the struggle for many of us. Like I said, I believe we're all addicted to something. And when you are newly in recovery, you trade one addiction for the next. It's like, well, this is better than this. But you haven't changed the behaviors or the reason why. And that's something I think for many people, if you're struggling with addiction behind closed doors, especially there's a lot of shame that goes with that. But it's exactly what you're saying, Dennis, about knowing the why and being conscious of it and being ability, the ability for you to say, this is why I'm doing this. And yoga brought that forth for me. I came to the yoga mat and my sole goal in life prior to yoga was to not feel like as an addict. Every day I could go and not feel and be numb. Like there was like 15 years of my life. I never cried. I mean, my grandfather died. My grandmother died. You know, my friends in my high school died. Like I did not cry. Like I was like, I have achieved nirvana because I don't feel. And then I came to yoga and it was like this floodgate of like, you can't live life and move forward unless you're feeling. 
that whole like cliche feeling is healing. Well, unfortunately, I found out that that was true. Like that's actually mm -hmm. true. And I think for many of us, we divert ourselves away into an illusion that this is going to be my life. Like if I just stay over here in this little box in a safe place, I don't have to feel anything. I don't have to deal with other people. I can just keep on living my life. And I don't care if you're a trucker, if you're a baker, if you're a candlestick maker, like I don't care. We all are living that way in some context and in some way. And yoga is my check-in. And so every time I go to the yoga mat, this is like the hope, get your shit together moment. And I think everybody mm -hmm. needs that type of moment in their life where it's a reflection. And I got to be honest, most of the time, what I see on the yoga mat is awful, is the disgusting mirror of all of the insecurities and areas in my life that I need to do better. But here's what yoga does with that. Amongst all of that experience, there's something that's happening in the pose and with your breath and the silence that says it's going to be okay. And it passes. So that horrible, overwhelming feeling of anxiety or, or restlessness or no hope or anger or sadness, it eventually begins to fade. And if it doesn't fade, you feel separation from it. Like that's one of the major aha moments that I've gotten from my own yoga practice is it has created separation for me that I am not so in the thick of everything all the time. And I think, Dennis, one of the things that you can relate to many of the people that are watching right now is music does that. It gives you this vehicle to feel what you're feeling. And it's almost like a porthole. Like, okay, keep feeling this for the song and then push. There goes the song. And hopefully there goes everything that you're all feeling as well. Um, and one of the songs, Dennis, and I want you to play it and I hope you'll agree to it. One of the songs I love the most is the song that you wrote that was inspired by one of your clients that you counseled in recovery off of one of your CDs. Do you know what song I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Can you please play that? Haven't played it in a long, long time, but I, I will do it for sure. All right. So but if you're tuning in, I wanted to say something. I wanted to, I wanted yeah. to say something about yoga, though, because it's like. You know, I was raised, I'm 75 years old, so I was, I was raised in an era where macho and not feeling was, the, you know, Paul Newman, you know, people just didn't, you know, all the heroes in the movies, nobody showed feelings. You know, if you were, you're, if you did, you were a wuss. And then to add yoga on top of that, uh, <laughs> Oh my God! I know you're reading uh, Taylor's comment. I, 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 what, what did he say? I was kind of talking. And I I'm, was addicted to cold drinking water and clean air, so I started drinking and smoking crack. Well, you know. <laughs> hey, I, I get it, Taylor. I totally. Whoa, I totally get it. <laughs> oh my gosh, Taylor, the struggle is real. Okay, the struggle is real. Oh, ab absolutely. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, uh, you know, and, and then, then to be, not only to f be a feeling person, a human, a man, you know, and, you know, and, and the trucker, trucking industry is like full of, you know, macho men. And uh, <laughs> it's like, get on a yoga mat too, you know, uh, what? And, uh, but I got to tell you, yoga expels the negative energy 
because our body holds the energy. When we move our body, especially in a way, in a practice that is over 6,000 years old, people have been using to heal their bodies and their souls. Uh, it, it's an amazing experience. And I, it's funny, get me in a downward facing dog and uh, all of my tears come. Get me upside down. All I have to do is get upside down and the feelings will come out that are all stored in there. Do you kind and of feel like Dennis sometimes? It's almost like we're walking around like a ticking time bomb. And for whatever reason, so many of us are still a little hesitant. And, and here's the question that I want to pose to you. Is your life really that good right now that you can afford to not try something else? And I mean that in the most respect ever, because this is a question I ask myself, like, what else do I have to lose? Like, am I really that happy and that satisfied that I'm not willing to try yoga, that I'm not willing to try to breathe for a minute with my eyes closed? Like, what else do I have to lose? And the only thing that we lose is time. And most of us are wasting time every single day. That's one conscious thing that I constantly try to pay attention to. And I let my addictive tendencies seep in. And even though I'm not using food and drugs and alcohol like I used to, um, I still use other means to play on the reason why I had an addiction in the first place. Yeah, yeah that was a lot said there. Yes. You know, and uh, by the way, when you're 75, you learn that wasting time is not wasting time. Um, and Dennis is 75, <laughs> you guys. Like, seriously, he is like my best 75-year-old friend ever. And I, you would never guess it when you meet him live. You would never guess it. But, um, but for real, Dennis is an amazing songwriter. And so for a lot of you, if you follow Taylor, Taylor's on right now, Bill Weaver, um, so many amazing people that are singers and songwriters in the trucking community. Dennis is, uh, music is an amazing addiction. Like, that is one addiction. I will high-five you all day long. But Dennis is going to play something because his CDs, which I'll put some links in here, just sing to your soul. It is just like, you will fall in love. All right, here's Dennis Hawk. Let's see if I remember this. I haven't played this in a long, long time. But it's the story of my addictive behavior, and I think I was more than anything else addicted to shame. Just make sure you sing loud, Dennis, so people can hear you. It's been a long, long journey from shame to grace. It's been a long, long journey from the floor to the eyes of your face. It's been miles and miles and miles. It's been miles and miles and miles and miles of lies. But I lift up my head and I look in your eyes and I finally see who I am and there is absolutely nothing wrong with me I said there's absolutely nothing wrong with me 
I said there's absolutely nothing wrong with me and there never was yeah I love it it's the truth I it's love the it. truth if you have not gone to Dennis Hawk music you need to he has so many songs that will just sing to your soul and just it's amazing. Sing and hope. I know I don't have the greatest singing voice, Taylor, but I like to think <laughs> that I do. And some mornings I wake up and I'm like, I could maybe be a singer, but no. Thank you, Taylor. No. Taylor's amazing, Dennis. If you haven't fallen Taylor, Taylor is an amazing singer and songwriter as well, and trucker. And um, I think you guys would totally hit, hit it off. And we uh, would. He's where do you he's live, fantastic. Taylor? Where do you live? <laughs> you gotta. Um... There's something I was going to say about that song, or just—I don't know. Maybe well, I just can you can words. you tell people the story behind the song? Because um, yeah, I, there's a reason I was, why the lyrics are the way they are. Yeah, the the I, I I was doing psychotherapy at the time, and and uh, I had a client that and and she she was in tough shape. She had an eating disorder. Uh, she was a bisexual sex addict, you know, which is like being attracted to the whole universe. And and she was drug addict and she was alcoholic, and back back then you could send people away to treatment, you know, for forty five days, and and so I did. And and when she came back, I was running a a group, um, the the and uh, an aftercare group, and we did some affirmations. And she was sitting next to me, so she was the last one to give an affirmation, which is just a positive um something about yourself um taylor, taylor i you saw can't, that you can't have her number okay <laughs> you cannot have her number <laughs> this is what i have to deal with every day <laughs> i know that's beautiful uh but she uh, uh, her affirmation at the end was, there is absolutely nothing wrong with me and there never was. And I wasn't raised that way. I was raised guilt and sin and shame and I'm at core a bad person. And so this kind of rocked my world a little bit. I had to go back and think about it. It troubled me that night, but what came of it was the song. The song was, the, was birthed from what she said. And I realized that, that I really was raised with the core belief that I was a piece of shit. I'm I not. Us, I think a lot of us have been. I know I was. I was raised with judge everybody, um, think that you're lowly and a nobody, and voice that to other people. And you will never amount to anything because everyone doesn't think highly of you because you don't think highly of yourself. And so the, the thing I think that is crappy is that for a lot of us, we didn't realize we were raised with those beliefs until we were an adult struggling to get out of our addiction or our shit that we had. And I think that's why talking about addiction and recovery is so near and dear to my heart and why I love this community so much because now that I'm out of that hell, I don't want anyone to be there. Like, I know what it's like. You guys, I mean, I swallowed a toothbrush at one time in my life, had to have major gastric surgery they tried for two hours to get it out through my throat couldn't i had 20 staples down my stomach i mean no joke like i have 
I have a scar every single day I have to look at to remind me one, I used to feel really ashamed about it and I didn't want anyone to see it, but now it's a reminder to me that I survived that shit. And, and I have to tell you a story because when I was in my twenties, I used to never wear like a swimsuit or anything that would cover that. And then one day I was at a water park and I saw this woman walking by who had heart surgery and she mm. had a swimsuit on that you could clearly see her scar. And I'm like, cry. This is like, and I looked at her and I thought to myself, she survived something and she gets to tell the world about it. Why am I so afraid to tell the world about what I survived? And right. after that day, I'm like literally getting teary eyed. It's like so near and dear to me. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to let the whole world know that I survived an eating disorder. And I'm here to tell the story. I'm not just like half surviving. I'm not like overly medicated to where I'm just numb and running through life. Like I am fully present living life when it's yep. shitty, when it's good, when it's, when it's awesome, when it's complicated, when I have marriage problems, when I hate everybody in the world because they're dumb. I mean, I, not you guys on, but like, you know what I mean? Stupid people. Everybody else, right. Yeah, <laughs> everybody else right now. But like all of that, like, why can't I be proud that I made it through that shit? And, and that day was so pivotal for me because it was like, I finally owned my recovery. I know. I am not joking, Taylor. It was real deal. I was in the hospital for, for a week. And here's the kicker. That's not what pushed me into recovery because I relapsed and relapsed hard and struggled for a few more years before I finally got to the point Oops, hold on, guys. Before I finally got to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, I don't want to live in this hell. I hate it. I'm living a lie. And I think, Dennis, you can relate. Like, addiction is living a lie. You are yep. living a false life. You have a life that you tell everybody that you live and pretend to live. And then there's you. And I want to tell you something today. If you're listening to this, you're still on, you're still listening to this. I know how cliche this sounds, but your life does matter. Like, there was a point in, yoga, in a yoga practice one time where I'm laying on the mat and I'm thinking to myself and I'm like, without me in this world, everyone that I affect won't be the same. And then everyone those people affect won't be the same. And everyone those people affect won't be the same. And so that whole mentality of the ripple effect, how one person can make a change, I used to think that was bullshit, is really true. So you have to start valuing you in order for the world to see your value. Dennis, do you have anything yeah. to say about that? Well, I, I, I heard uh, India Ari the other day uh, in, a, in a podcast, and I loved what she said. Uh, she was talking about uh, how we blame uh, other people. You know, I mean, a lot of us have, have shitty family backgrounds. I mean, I did too. And, uh, you know, a lot of us, uh, I, I, Taylor's making I, fun of me now. You're looking at all of that stuff now and I don't care anymore, but it's a part of my story, but no joke. I mean, seriously, visualize how that is even possible. Like, but I did it and I survived it and, um, yep. shit happens, 
right? I it, could it always make it on the floor somewhere, but instead I swallowed a toothbrush. So. Yep, yep. It did the same thing. It had the same effect. Yeah. Uh, but but when we're talking about, uh, for, for me, it was like I, I had to stop blaming everybody else for my life. You know, and uh, because I really, I mean, it took me a long time to get out of that. Uh, and, and uh, you know, that, you know, my parents were alcoholic, my, you know, and, and I got, I was abused, I was sexually abused. All those things are true. Uh, you know, I don't think people make conscious decisions to be, you know, I don't know, fucked up. I don't know, but you know what? If you go back generations, it's it's amazing. Either one of my parents survived what they survived exactly. uh, during the depression and all of the stuff that they went through, and who knows how far this goes? Which generation do you finally settle on to punish? You know, well, I ain't going to punish myself anymore, and and it was it was. Right, I'm not blaming them, and I'm not going to blame everybody else for my circumstance. My mentality was I wanted to break the cycle. Like I yeah. was dedicated to break the cycle. Like I don't want my kids to go through what I went through. I don't want to raise my kids the way I was raised. I mean, my parents, I love my parents, but you know, it was pretty fucked up. I mean, it, I, yeah. I'm on the other side. Some of my family is not, and they don't see it. And I think that's one thing that's really unique about people that are addicts and then get into recovery is we see life very differently. Um, and I don't want to go back. I can't go back. And so sometimes that means stepping back from family members. Sometimes that means letting go of other aspects of your life for yourself. And, um, you're worth it. Like I'm now at a point where it's like, I'm worth it. If you don't see that, sorry. Like I don't got time for that. Right. Exactly. And once, once you reach that spot, reach that spot where you say you take, I take ownership of my life. Uh, no circumstance around me is going to determine where I go. Now, may I get cancer? Yes. Well, I'm going to deal with that, but I'm going to deal with it. I'm not going to blame cancer. I'm not going to blame anything. Life just happens. And, and, and can, uh, I think, Dennis, can you talk a little bit about, I think for those of you that are, are, are maybe recognizing that maybe you, you do struggle with addiction and maybe it's not addiction. Maybe it's depression or you have high anxiety or you don't manage mm. your stress well. Like, honestly, they're kind of all the same thing in some way, shape or form. But you need an outlet. OK, that's the deal. For many of you, I know it's music. Keep using music. But for me, it was yoga and I love going outside in nature and I love music. My husband, music is his um, is his healthy drug of choice. And um I think that we all need that. And so for those of you that are like still on the fence with yoga and you're like, mother trucker yoga, I mean, who is this whole person? I mean, one, I'm pretty awesome. Yeah, you are. <laughs> um, but, but two, like if you are seriously interested in taking better care of yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally, then then that's something that I want you to think about stepping into. And, and here's how, why, and when I created mother trucker yoga, it was based on how really I approached my own life, small little bite-sized pieces, focusing on feeling better in your body with your main pain points. And like, it's like the slow backdoor method, like in, in our platform in mother trucker yoga, we, I teach you some basic breath techniques, which are really great for mental clarity, uh, fatigue, and just high anxiety. And then simple, easy stretches and opportunities for you to get in your body again. Most of us, addicted or not, recovery or not, are not living in our body. 
we are, we are over here and our body is here. And anytime something is uncomfortable, we reject that in-body experience even more. And yoga really showed me how outside of myself I was and how disconnected I was. And if you're struggling in life, I don't care personally, professionally, socially, internally, whatever, you're probably not inside of yourself as much as you should be or need to be. And if you're playing the blame game in any capacity, I'm just talking like I'm talking to myself right now, you definitely want some sort of activity or something to help you turn inward. And many of us are choosing things to turn outward, even in the yoga community. Now we have um, disco yoga and um, black light yoga and like high music rock yoga, which is great, but yoga is like supposed to make you turn inward and get quiet and deal with your stuff. And you can't do that when you can't even hear yourself and you can't even feel yourself and you're distracted, okay? Distracted. If you're moving so fast on your yoga mat that you can't even get in your body, that's a problem because we're already doing that in life. Okay, my rant is over. And I'm a yoga musician, so I'm going to defend good music and yoga. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and Taylor says that, that, excuses that, that, lack responsibility, reasons you accept responsibility. And that's yes. exactly it. Exactly it. And sometimes we're scared to take responsibility. For me, it was I was afraid of being judged. But here's the thing. I was my biggest critic. Okay. And if it's, and if it's my truth, one place I got to in my life was it was my truth and I can't change my truth. So I have nothing to be ashamed of. Like I swallowed a toothbrush and um, I, I used to cut myself and I almost died twice and I tried to commit suicide. Like that's my truth. That's what happened to me. That's what I lived through. I can't change that. I can't make that prettier or better, but I can own that take responsibility from that and go, okay, what can I learn from this? How can I move forward? How can I help other people so that they don't do the same? Like there's this code that happens when you step into recovery that, you know, thou shall not hurt myself, but that thou shall not mm -hmm. hurt others. And here's my one, my one side note with that. I can't control how others receive my truth. So if somebody else gets upset, annoyed, agitated, angry with what I say, do, or, or, or have, I can't control that. That's them. And I mean that respectfully. So lighten the load if you're struggling with other people and they're not receiving you or they're not understanding you. It's just where they are right now. Bless them and let them go. It's a really hard thing, but it's a very freeing thing to do. And I've had to do that with multiple family members. And I got to tell you, I'm not the one stressed out at all because it's not me. <laughs> right, right. I can just affirm that. That's all. It, it's it's the truth. Um, you know, my stuff is my stuff. Their stuff is their stuff. I need to separate those out. And uh, and I, and I affirm that yoga helps me do that. It's a vehicle. Uh, to allow me, when I get alone on my mat and I, my body starts moving, usually very slowly at first. As a matter of fact, I, I'm old enough to own the fact that I can move slowly through an entire practice, focusing on my breath. But it just says this, I'm, I, I do not have to be affected 
by all the stuff around me. Mm-hmm. It's just not, you know, it's other people's shit. You know, it's not mine. And, uh, you know, and we, we just get pulled in. We get pulled in by the drama. We get pulled yeah. in by the by the the hype of it all or the anxiety of it all. And you just got to step away from that shit. Like, stay away. Yeah. Like, stay away. Like, I won't even respond to stuff like that on Facebook. When people make comments like that, I'm just like, Mm-mm. see you later. Not even giving them the time of day. I had one person that made some stupid comment. And I was just like, see you later. I don't got time for you. The old me would have lost sleep over that for days, days. I had such a high anxiety and such a need to please other people because of my family upbringing. Um, and so I'm super impressed. And well, you should feel ashamed, Taylor. Dennis is amazing. Dennis is amazing. You should feel ashamed. So, so Taylor, you don't know this, Dennis. So Taylor, I, by the way, Taylor, I bought you and Bill Weaver um, yoga pants. So um, we're going to Gats, which is a, a truck show in Dallas here in August. And um, for those of you that don't know, I'm going to be at Gats. Mother Trucker Yoga is going to be at Gats. I'll be on the health stage, I think, like five or six or seven times or whatever. I don't know how many times. But every day, twice a day, I'll be on the stage. And one of those days, we're doing a legit yoga class. So get your cowboy boots and your yoga pants ready, Taylor Barker, because I'm coming for you. Yeah, and you don't, by the way, the mythology is you have to have a yoga mat to do yoga. And the, it's the Hindus that taught me, nope, you know, you I just. No mat yoga. No mat yoga. You don't need a fucking mat. You know, you, you just. There it goes again, Taylor. Did you hear it? <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> Bring oh your belly. God. Yes, your oh belly God. has to come to the party. Yes, Taylor, I agree. Good, Taylor, we love you. We love you. You can play you know, some people live will music say, for us. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the the uh, uh, people are always giving excuses for not doing yoga. I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible. It's like we do yoga so we can be flexible, you know, or, you know. Uh, and my, the metaphor Taylor, Taylor, my belly's too big. I can't touch my toes. I can't do yoga. Bullshit. You don't have to do that. And here's, here's the insight to that. Are you giving those same excuses in other areas of your life? This is why I love yoga so much. Because all the stuff I sell myself on my head, in my, on my mat, and I tell my students this all the time, yoga is an incubator for your everyday life. So everything that you say, how you react, how you respond, how whatever it is that you do on the yoga mat is exactly the way you're playing out life. So for me, recovery, it worked really well for me because I go to the yoga mat, work on my shit, work on my stuff, um, figure out where I have hangups, get uncomfortable, and then I go back to my life and realize that that was the same thing that was going on. And I was failing all the time in recovery, trying to get into recovery because I was just trying to do it out there with no guidance, with no structure, with no insight. I'd come to the yoga mat in an incubator in a safe place where I wasn't being judged and was able to work on my stuff. And then I go and practice it and fail and come back and go and practice it and fail and come back. And then eventually I go and practice it and be like, holy cow, I did it. Like I made it through one day, like literally the whole one day at a time thing. I totally get. So for all of those that are um, doing uh, quitting smoking right now, there's so many truckers right now trying to quit smoking. It literally is one day at a time. And at one point it was one hour at a time um, and one minute at a time. That's how bad it was. Uh, so I totally get it. But, you know what? Can I say something about that? The, the smoking thing. You know how I quit? How? I was, I, was, I was 25 years old, 
And I was not liking the fact that I was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. How many? Now, two. Okay. Two packs a day. So, uh, so, and, and a friend, and as somebody, I was in New York at the time on Long Island, and this guy had just quit smoking. I said, how'd you quit? He said, well, I started walking, and I subtracted one cigarette for every block that I walked. And so uh, I started it. You know, I had, so I had 48 blocks, and then I started running around those blocks. And so I ended up running as, as a runner for, you know, 30 or 40 years of my life and didn't go back to nicotine. And I, here's my proposal to the truck drivers, okay? I don't know how many cigarettes you're smoking today, and they're pretty expensive because I, told, I said when cigarettes got to be, you know, more than 50 cents a pack, I was going to quit. <laughs> and now I'm seeing people, people like laying out large, large sums of money for, for this nicotine habit. So there's, there's that. There's a reward in that. But uh, walk around a truck. Get out. Walk around the fucking truck and make that one cigarette. Maybe you, I think because the block is longer, you're going to have to take three laps around the truck. And if Robert four. Green pops on, uh, you, I, I stopped by him and saw him in Milwaukee a week ago. And uh, is it 68 times around the truck is a mile? Uh, Robert, if you're going to watch this, uh, chime in. Um, and and okay. he knows how many it takes to, to walk a mile. So do the math backwards. Well, and I'm, sorry, I'm trying to think of how many blocks there are, how many city blocks there are in a mile. But, but uh, I think some, some, some math, you know, that says, because then what you're doing is you're working you're, you're doing something positive. You're moving your body. And I, you know, sometimes I think, you know, yoga is absolutely beautiful and I love it, but I got to just move my body because mm -hmm. if I don't, you know, and sitting in a truck all day and I do a lot of driving too. I'm a musician. I'm on the road a lot. Uh, and if I don't walk, if I don't move, uh, I get sick. See, and that's I, why I, I love mean, walking. I, get yep. I try to do about five miles a day. I love it. Yep. And, but, but try this, just, just, just challenge yourself to subtract a cigarette by going a certain distance, you know, I, certain, certain many laps, 5,280 feet in a mile. Well, how many feet is it right, around a the truck, Taylor? Oh yeah, Taylor, get out of your truck right now. If you're driving, pull over <laughs> right now. We really need you to do this. And are and you, to, count how Taylor, many are you, <laughs> yeah, how many, how many steps? And uh, we, we need to figure this out because. I think subtraction, adding one, adding a positive thing and subtracting the negative thing is really helpful, mm -hmm. very helpful way to start to move your body and move health in a different direction. And I just wanted to put that in because it was, nicotine was so tough to it. quit. It yeah. is, it is. Yeah. My father has tried to quit many of times and I think he's may have just given up on quitting, but it's a struggle. I'm in the factory now. Okay, so Taylor. When you get outside, you need to go count how many steps and you need to come back to this live and you need to tell us how many it is because we need a formula here, okay? <laughs> Approximately 180 feet around the truck. Okay. okay. 180 feet around the truck. Okay. How many feet? How many feet? 5,200. I can't use my phone as my calculator, but we need... <laughs> We're going to figure out this math for you guys. Because we do, yeah. You need to all right, do all right, Taylor, you're on this, so you go, you go ahead and do it because you're you're stopped right now. So uh, if you're if you're pulled in, 
so how many how many laps around a truck to make a city what how, how long is a city block that's what we don't know we may that's need to have another way. episode of yeah we may math. I, I might need I'm a math figure... teacher to come on my sister's a math teacher jessica if you're watching um we may need that because math is not my strong point so i'm just gonna let dennis and taylor figure i'm gonna out. figure this out and you can just let people know next time i'm gonna i'm i'm really curious because we got oh a formula formula for truckers quitting smoking oh my yeah. gosh all right all right so here's the deal you guys i want to thank uh 29 times around the truck is a mile 29 robert told me like 60 something he's lying to me He's lying. He must have a mini baby truck, although I just saw him break. He doesn't really. But <laughs> Robert Green, you lied to me. <laughs> but here's the okay, deal. Okay, so here's if you're smoking deal. 29. Oh, never mind. Go, go ahead. Uh, listen, Here, listen okay, we're going to take Taylor's word for it because Robert's not on to defend himself right now. So we're going to take okay. Taylor's word for it. But here's the deal. I really want to thank um, the TA Petro in Greenville, Tennessee for their sponsorship for uh, Chrome and Steel Radio. Without you guys, I would not be here right now. Um, and neither would Chrome and Steel Radio. We're really excited and happy about that. And then also I want to thank Dennis Hawk. If you have not gone to Dennis Hawk, is it DennisHawkMusic.com? Yeah, you, Dennis Hawk, uh, DennisHawkYogaMusic.com. Uh, but where I'd really like to direct you is just to Dennis Hawk on Apple, uh, on Spotify, on all the major distributors. And also, our newest stuff is on Thunderhawk Tribe. Uh, so those two places, Dennis Hawk or Thunderhawk Tribe, awesome. on any major distributors, and you'll find our music. And I just want to so. say, too, if you haven't downloaded my meditations for driving yes. and to listen to in the truck uh, for the dude struggle with sleep, anxiety, whatever, they're amazing. Dennis wrote the music in them. So if you're looking for like a legit mental, um, check it out, mothertruckeryoga.com. They're, um, they're great. What tribe are you from, Dennis? Taylor wants to uh, my, my, uh My background is Meskwaki, uh, the Fox tribe. Uh, that's I'm a descendant. Uh, which means that I'm one generation beyond being eligible to be part of the tribe. But he's so. more hes more Native American than a lot of people that you'd ever meet. This guy is amazing. He's the real deal. He takes, he takes his heritage seriously, and that's why I love him so much. Um, I think that's why I love a lot of people that are in recovery so much, because they're just real. Um, and yeah. like I told you before, oh, you're, I didn't know your wife is Cherokee. Oh. Awesome. Well, that's it. Where's she from? Uh, is she from uh, Southern Cherokee? My mother, my mother was uh, two tribes: Meskwaki, uh, Fox, and and Cherokee, Southern Cherokee, uh, from Oklahoma. We, I was born and raised in Northeast Kansas, and so that's where my roots are. Awesome! So, I love it. But I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for the technical difficulties that we had in the beginning. Like, we figured it out, okay? Like, we're yeah. human. So just, Thanks like, scroll through the beginning of it a little bit, like the first five minutes, and then you get to the good stuff. But I really want to appreciate you guys all tuning in. We love you guys here over at Chrome and Steel Radio. If you haven't checked out mothertruckeryoga.com, please feel free to do so. Most important, she part pitbull. I think we're all part pitbull. <laughs> The musician or the dog? That's the question. But without all of you guys, seriously, we would not be able to continue to do what we do. And I just so deeply appreciate every single one of you. Most important thing that you can do for us right now is share out this broadcast. 
share this broadcast if you feel like someone might benefit from it, whether maybe they're struggling with addiction and they're not quite yet in recovery, or they're just feeling really just down in the dumps and they're kind of feeling like there might be no hope for them. Remember, there's always hope for you because you're watching a daily dose of hope right now. Oh, that was like such a great little pun here. I just have so much fun with my name. Uh, <laughs> but we'll be back again next Thursday. I'm not sure who my guest will be. If you want to be a guest on my show, uh, reach out to me and let me know and we will maybe come live. We'll see what happens. But otherwise, I will see you guys really soon. Check out MotherTruckerYoga.com. Check out our Facebook page. Don't forget to like us. Find us at GATS. We will be at GATS. And this Sunday is our team show, our uh, group show. So definitely tune in and check it out. We will be talking with Taylor. I think that Dave reached out to you. We want you to come on um, Sunday night and join us. And uh, Mandy Joe as well, if you're going to be watching, we want you to come on as well. So hit us up and let us know. All right, guys, we'll see you again really soon. No matter how hard life gets, remember, never lose hope that there is opportunity out there for you. And we want to help you do that. All right, Dennis, thanks so much. Bye, Bye everyone.